Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Daily Hammer, your daily news source when it comes to the Atlanta Braves as part of the Battery Power Podcast Network. My name is Sean Coleman. Hope wherever you are and wherever you are listening, I hope that you are having a wonderful start to your Monday, coming off of what I hope was a great weekend for all. Of course, you can find the Daily Hammer, the Battery, the Battery Power Podcast, the Road to Atlanta Podcast, and the new podcast with Chris T- uh, with Chris Willis and Stephen Tolbert, all at BatteryPower.com, at BatteryPowerSBN, across all forms of social media, and free on all podcast platforms. Wherever you get your podcasts, that's where we'll be for free. Just hit that subscribe button to get the latest content when it is available. My name is Sean Coleman. You can find me at StatsSAC when it, when, when it comes to Twitter. When it comes to the Braves, here's the latest from Atlanta. And is anybody else sad that, that it's August 1st? Like, I know there's good reasons for it to be August. You know, if you're a college football fan, NFL fan, we're, you know, a month to six weeks away from, the, from football season started. But if you're a Braves fan, I'm really, really not too thrilled leaving the month of July. And the reason why is because of the heroics and the historic month that Austin Riley just had for the Atlanta Braves. And there was no better way to cap it off, if you really think about it, than the way that Riley did it in yesterday's game. The Braves offense, once again, struggled, which, you know, it's happened a bit more often in games than you might have liked to have seen since the All-Star break. The Braves, of course, have had to, you know, their own demons that they've had to fight during Sunday games, during series finales games, during day games in general. But yesterday was an excellent pitching matchup between Max Reed as well as Merrill Kelly. And if the Diamondbacks wanted to have left Kelly in Atlanta yesterday, you wouldn't have got any argument from me. As he definitely is, you know, showed yesterday why he would be towards the top of my list of potential arms for the Braves to target, but we'll discuss more about the potential trade rumors in just a moment. But through all that, the struggles of the offense, the struggles during day games, series finale Sundays, things like that, the bottom of the ninth inning, Austin Riley puts it all to rest with yet another excellent at-bat that led to the game-winning hit to drive in Matt Olson and, and Austin Riley's July is just, it's the stuff of legend. It really, really is. I don't mean to be overdramatic. I don't mean to be, you know, too hyperbolic, but it truly was an historic month for Austin Riley. And it's, you know, again, as I mentioned last week, Riley is doing things right now that names such as Roger Hornsby, Chipper Jones, and Henry Aaron, those are the only Braves who have had stretches like Riley is having right now. And as a matter of fact, Riley set a new franchise record for most extra base hits 
in a month with 26, surpassing the great Henry Aaron's record of 25. Austin Riley also, for the month of July, a 423 batting average, 459 on base percentage, 885 slugging percentage, 21 runs, 25 RBIs, 15 doubles, 11 home runs. You don't see this type of production, especially this type of prolonged production. You don't see it every month. As I mentioned last week, you may see this type of month once, maybe twice in a single year. For the Braves, you really haven't seen this type of month in over 15 years since Chipper Jones did it. And as special as um, Aaron Judge is having of a season for the Yankees, and trust me, he's having a better season overall than Austin Riley, the fact that it was Riley who clearly was the best hitter in the month of July despite Aaron Judge's production since the All-Star break, that tells you just how special Austin Riley's overall production is being in the month of July. Not only has it led to him winning NL Player of the Week, it should lead to him winning NL Player of the Month, and it has squarely put him in the conversation for NL MVP. As a matter of fact, I'll go as far to say, at the very least for right now, it seems to be a two-player race between him and Paul Goldschmidt. Now, the thing that you have to hope is that with how productive, how special Austin Riley has been, it definitely would be great if he can continue to produce like he has as the Braves go into an early August stretch that includes games against the Phillies, who are clearly playing like a playoff contender, and of course, several games upcoming against the Mets during the month of August. But of course, it wasn't just Austin Riley who stood out and was excellent in yesterday's game. Max Freed once again showing that he has once again found his groove, his struggles that he had towards the end of the first half of the 2022 season due to a bit of injury perhaps. Those seem to be behind him. Once again, he looked masterful on the mound, showing his good strikeout stuff as well as the overall ability to limit damage. There were a couple of instances where Max Fried was able to work out of trouble, but seven innings pitch, no earned runs. He looked like the ace once again that we all know him to be, and every bit of it was needed as Merrill Kelly of the Diamondbacks was on his game as well. But a sweep of the Diamondbacks was definitely what the Braves needed, and it's great for them to enter an off day. The la On Thursday when they entered an off day, they had lost three out of their last four and were struggling offensively. This time around, the Braves are able to start or are able to enter an off day in which they will get a bit of rest after a three-game sweep but before they start a critical, critical stretch of their schedule against the Phillies and the Mets. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the future of work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. So in a bit of a surprise, on Sunday, there were actually no 
major, relevant, significant trades that occurred. And, and we're two days away, or we're now less than 36 hours away from the 2022 MLB trade deadline. If my memory serves me correct, the only real trade that occurred was between the Giants and the Cubs who were playing each other in San Francisco, in which Dixon Machado went from the Cubs to the Giants, who needed some infield depth with all the injuries that they have experienced. So no major trades as of Sunday, but still plenty of high-profile names. Juan Soto, among others out there. Carlos Rodon had an excellent performance last night for the, the, the Giants. He could be a major arm on the move. So there could be plenty of notable moves remaining to be made today and tomorrow before the 6 o'clock Eastern trade deadline. But when it comes to the Braves, there was a notable name that they were connected to. It was reported that the Braves had checked in on a familiar name to some of those in Braves country, Brandon Drury, who was originally drafted by the Braves. He's an infielder for the Cincinnati Reds in the midst of a breakout season at the age of 29, 20 home runs at 859. OPS for years. He, he, he's he been a bat that, you know, you thought, you know, he's put up some pretty decent stretches at times over the past five to six years. You would think that a breakout season would eventually occur, and it certainly has. He also has proven himself to be a capable utility infielder. He's played all four positions for the Reds at some point in time this season. Decent to good defensive numbers in the infield. Has experience playing the outfield as recently as last year, but the numbers definitely take a dive. He's not someone that you would expect to for a team, especially a contending team, to regularly trust out in the outfield. You know, maybe he's capable for a game, but not someone that you would regularly play out in the outfield when it comes to defensive positioning. But the reason why the Braves may have some interest in Drury is that he is a rental. He's someone that they could use in multiple ways due to his defensive versatility. But the big key is this, is that he's also someone whose value, whose, you know, utilization would not become severely limited once Ozzie Albies, once Ozzie Albies returns. Yes, Drury is a player who definitely would take over second base until Ozzie Albies returned from injury. But then after that, Drury is someone with his offensive upside that he's shown this year. You could put him at designated hitter and feel, you know, perhaps even more confident than you do with Marcelo Zuna at the DH position. Maybe if you want to go pure offense, you put Ozuna out in left field, you put Brandon Drury at DH. The thing is, is that, yes, theoretically, Drury can check a lot of boxes for the Braves potentially if they were to require him. And with him being a rental, he probably is going to cost less and may not be as much of a preferred option as other players like an Ian Happ or other cost-controlled options that are out there. But also when it comes to Drury, you would think that, you know, maybe he's a guy that could fit in left field. Maybe he's a guy that could DH over Marcelo Zuna. And while that certainly is true, you've also got William Contreras. Now, William Contreras isn't somebody you're going to play in the outfield, but at some point in time, the Braves may decide to give him more of a run at the DH position if Marcelo Zuna were to continue to struggle. In the month of July, when it came to offensive production for different position groups, among left field position groups in the majors in the month of July, the Braves had the 22nd best WRC+. In the month of July at DH, the Braves had the 17th best WRC+. And that was mainly because of William Contreras and others as Marcelo Zuna had a 615 OPS in the month of July. And in the month of July, the Braves' second base position group had the second 
worst WRC plus among second base groups in the majors. The Braves have basically got nothing. <laughs> have got they got they got negative production in terms of FWAR from Cano and Goslin and Arcia at the second base position. So yes, Drury would definitely be an upgrade at second base moving forward, and he could be he definitely would be a bench ace type utility bat. So if the cost is there, it certainly makes sense to go get Drury. But then again, the Braves also may prefer to go after a piece that could be more reliable in the outfield since they know that they're eventually going to get their starter at second base back in Ozzie Albies before the playoffs begin. So yes, you can make sense of Brandon Drury returning to Atlanta, but at the end of the day, he may not necessarily make the most sense, though he could check a lot of boxes. Perhaps the Braves may even look to expand the deal and see if they can also get Tyler Malley from the Reds, who would be an intriguing arb to add to the rotation not only this year, but next year as well. At the end of the day, the Braves aren't playing baseball today, but that doesn't mean that the base, that the Braves aren't going to be in the news. Plenty of possibilities are out there. You hope that perhaps the Braves can strike a deal or two today before their series against the Phillies tomorrow. You know, at least get these new additions in place for the series against the Phillies and especially before the Braves head on the road to face New York over the weekend. Can't thank you enough for tuning in to the Daily Hammer. You can find the Daily Hammer, the Road to Atlanta podcast, and the Battery Power Podcast plus a new podcast with Chris Willis and Stephen Tolbert all at BatteryPower.com and at BatteryPowerSBN across all forms of social media. Free on all podcast platforms. Just hit the subscribe button to get the latest content when it's available. My name's Sean Coleman. We'll talk to you again soon here on The Daily Hammer. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G Podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts.